in regards to loving God with all of your mind, why do you think it is super important that a husband and wife come under the authority of God's word rather than coming under the authority of the husband or wife? Because he gives us all the direction of what, how to renew our minds. And if we're not renewing our minds, then we're living by the culture or whatever someone's telling us. And it's not going to be healing. It's not going to provide hope for our marriage. It's not going to give us unity. And the one thing I always like to say is God doesn't bless people. God blesses his word. And so uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans, you know, we love and appreciate one of our overseers. He says, uh, marriage has a 100% success rate if you both do it God's way. And I've always felt that was just a great summary of it. Like if the husband and the wife will do what God says, then God will bless that marriage and it will succeed. Um, the problem becomes in marriage, if you don't come under the authority of God's word, usually then it's whoever has the loudest, most dramatic, domineering, or stubborn personality or manipulative. or manipulative wins. And that leads to a very unhealthy marriage and relationship. Howdy, Pastor Mark Triscoll here with the uh, Real Marriage Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this little series is called One Flesh. And uh, the Bible says that God wants you to be one with your spouse. Jesus says one heart, emotional life, one soul, spiritual life, one mind, mental life, one body, physical life. In this episode, we'll deal with one mind. How do you and your spouse come to agreement and have vision instead of division? Uh, it is recorded, by the way. This episode is in front of a live studio audience at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so if you hear a lot of laughing, those are our friends and family here at the church. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you stop by and say hi. In the meantime, enjoy this episode, How to Become One Mind Mentally with Your Spouse. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor, all your heart, emotional, soul, spiritual, mind, mental. So let's talk, make this episode three. Uh, loving God and loving your spouse with your mind. So first, to love God with all your mind, you've got to unlearn some things, especially when it comes to gender, sex, and marriage. Maybe talk about some of the major things going into marriage that we had to unlearn. We, we learned some things, but they were not right. About gender or just... Gender, sex, marriage. Yeah. Um, coming into marriage, I... I think in, grew up in the church, so a lot of people that grow up in the church or Christianity or some sort of religion um, often think that sex is either just for procreation or just for the man, that the woman's not supposed to enjoy it, um, that it's, you know, it's a sin to enjoy it. There's a lot of myths I, I out there. I always used to say that the message in church to kids is sex is dirty, nasty, vile, and wrong. Save it for the one you love, <laughs> which is a very conflicted message, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we had to unlearn. I didn't grow up in that environment. Mm -hmm. I grew up down the street from a strip club next to an airport. Yeah. So we had different. Yeah. We talk about this in the book too. Um, sex is gross, God, or gift. I saw sex as gross. You saw it as God. And we needed to learn that sex was a gift created by God mm -hmm. for us to enjoy. And if we weren't enjoying it, we needed to figure out how to get to that place because he intended for us to enjoy it. So for those who maybe get saved later in life or don't know what the Bible says, I mean, how much unlearning do you need to do to love God with all your mind going into your marriage? I mean, a lot. This culture is so, it, it violates everything the Bible tells us about sex being a gift. And it's 
and its images and its, you know, perfection and airbrush and, you know, certain levels of standards that just aren't even real for a, a marriage and a real relationship. And so for me, I had to unlearn kind of all the sex is gross stuff and realize, like I said, that it's a gift and, and really ask the Lord to rewire my brain in that area. Well, and I didn't help because when we started dating, we were sleeping together. And then I became a Christian, and I realized, oh, that's wrong. So we stopped, and here's what I thought. I don't know if you guys can identify this. I thought, we're doing something wrong. We stopped. That's okay. We just hit pause. We're going to get married. We're going to hit play. We're going to pick up where we left off. And we didn't. We hit rewind. (laughs) I was very disappointed in that. (laughs) Because for me, as a non-Christian, I didn't have any guilt or conviction about being sexually active before marriage. Because you... Yeah, you weren't a Christian. I didn't know. I didn't have the Holy Spirit or know the scriptures. You did, and you were violating the Spirit of God in you and your conscience and what you knew to be true. Mm -hmm. And so I had, because of my disobedience and my sin against you and the Lord, it created shame and guilt that you were experiencing that I didn't even understand. And when we got married, the intimacy was connected with shame and guilt. And so even though it wasn't a sin, it was still present with shame and guilt. So we had to relearn a lot. Um, In regards to loving God with all of your mind, why do you think it is super important that a husband and wife come under the authority of God's word rather than coming under the authority of the husband or wife? Because he gives us all the direction of how to renew our minds. And if we're not renewing our minds, then we're living by the culture or whatever someone's telling us, and it's not going to be healing, it's not going to provide hope for our marriage, it's not going to give us unity. And the one thing I always like to say is God doesn't bless people, God blesses his word. And so uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans, you know, whom we love and appreciate, one of our overseers, he says uh, marriage has a 100% success rate if you both do it God's way. And I've always felt that was just a great summary of it. Like, if the husband and the wife will do what God says, then God will bless that marriage and it will succeed. Um, The problem becomes in marriage, if you don't come under the authority of God's word, usually then it's whoever has the loudest, most dramatic, domineering, or stubborn personality. Or manipulative. Or manipulative wins. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a very unhealthy marriage and relationship. So... Practically, how important is it that the husband and the wife are in and under God's word to learn how to love God with all their mind? Because that's our ultimate submission is to God. And that's where a wife feels safest, is if she knows that her husband is submitting to God, then she can feel safe submitting to him. Just see, as men, you think of it in this way, think about a woman who's under a man and his leadership and authority, but he's under no leadership or authority. That means she is in a dangerous and vulnerable position. I'd never want my daughter in a position like that. That means that the man has really put himself in the spot of God, that he is sort of sovereign, highest authority, and he answers to no one. And many men architect their lives in such a way that this is how they live and operate. And if you do confront one of these guys, the first thing they do is leave the church because the last thing they're going to do is take a rebuke. And the Bible says, uh, rebuke a fool and he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. Sometimes you don't know if the guy is evil or wise until you rebuke him. You rebuke him and then you figure out who he truly is. If he's wise, he's like, thank you, I want to do better. If he's evil and foolish, he's going to hate you. He's going to fight you. He's going to leave. He doesn't take any 
And, and for a woman, that becomes very hard because usually those guys, they want to peace out of the church and they want to drag the wife and the kids. And then they're just living under the authority of a man who's under no authority. It's not under God's authority, leadership, Bible teaching, or any of that. I'm guessing there's some men like that here. But I'm hoping that they're listening because if you are here and your wives have brought you here and you didn't want to come, she loves you enough to bring you to a place where she wants to feel secure with you. She wants to be loved by you. She wants your marriage to work. And so I would encourage you to ask the Lord how to become a spiritual head that is loving and kind. And it doesn't mean you're a wimp. It means that you're like Jesus, and that's super strong. So within that, um, where do you think our marriage would be if we didn't agree on what God says about marriage, sex, family? If we didn't agree on the architecting plan that God gives, where do you think we would have defaulted to? I mean, I think we've always had to appeal to that and go back to that. And if things feel chaotic in our marriage or, or divided, that's where we go back to, okay, what, how are we out of alignment with what God intended? And so we can always go back to that biblical truth and the order of how God created things. And so it, for us, it's been helpful. I mean, we wouldn't, there's so many turns in our marriage where if we had not gone back to the scripture or gone back to what is going on, Lord, help us, we, we would have been divorced so many times. We would have had, you know, what we felt like were valid reasons, but God had other things in store. He had healing and, and wholeness and unity for us. And so we had to push toward that and go back and say, there's no back door, no matter how hard it when gets. When we got married, we said we're going to be happily married or unhappily married. Those were our options. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, being unhappily married is as much work as being <laughs> happily married. You can either pay for date night or therapy. Either way, it costs the same. You know? and so we just decided we're not going to get divorced. We're never going to say the word divorce. That's the grenade we're never going to pull the pin on. Um, within that as well, I just feel inclined to say this. Um, maybe it's the spirit. You guys can discern. Abuse happens when only one, one of the spouses is submitting to God's authority. If the wife only always hears all the submission, respect, honor verses, and the husband isn't doing the love, cherish, don't be harsh, serve your wife as Christ serves the church, then it's an abusive relationship. And then the Bible's been weaponized to dominate and to harm the wife. Similarly, if the wife skips everything in Proverbs about the nagging, overbearing, dripping faucet, REI gear, sleeping on the roof, wife, or the crazy, flirtatious, you know, adulterous gal. And then the husband's just told, you're supposed to love me as Christ, love the church and pay the bills, you know, then that's an abusive relationship because what, what she's saying is you need to do everything that God says and I don't. Again, that's weaponizing the Bible. And so for a, for a marriage to work, to renew your mind and to worship God and to worship with your spouse with all your mind, you both need to hear what God says. And God has very specific things to say to wives and husbands. God seems to be very binary in his gender and in his category. And if only one of you is being told to do what God said, I think that's very abusive. And that's where the Bible becomes a weapon to dominate somebody in a relationship. And that's spiritual abuse. That's spiritual abuse. And oftentimes men have father wounds or other things they need to sort through because they, they don't even realize they're behaving this way. And so there's healing. Just like if a w woman goes through trauma, a husband can poss possibly need counseling as well um, to work through whatever 
hurt he's dealing with. And this is where, too, we think it's so important for you as a couple to be in church under the, the, the authority of God's word and hearing God's word together so that you can process together. Um, this is a philosophy of ministry conviction. I don't want to be legalistic about, but sometimes the wife goes to women's ministry, the man doesn't go to anything, the kids go to student or kids. They're all learning different things. The way we've architected the church is I preach, you know, fairly long sermons, and uh, I say fairly long because they're going to get longer, but you know, this is where we're at now. But then the husband and the wife go together, and then we do sermon-based small groups for the students, for the couples, for the husband and the wife, so that they can, as a family, say, hey, we're in the book of Romans. What are you learning? What is God showing you? We're trying to put the Bible into the middle of the marriage and family so that everybody's working from the same place and having the same conversation. Otherwise, um, you know, the husband kind of feels left out, like the wife is doing the Bible study and the kids are going to youth group and he's going to work and he's like, I don't know all of that. I can't enter into that conversation. So we're, we're trying to architecturally set up a church philosophy of ministry that puts the Bible for everyone, the kids, mom, dad, everybody, so you can learn together and discuss together and even study it together. Um, that being said, I want to close with one thing from the clinical side. Um, what happens to the brain, so we're talking about loving God with all your mind. What happens to the brain is if you will take what God says in his word, and that is to practice um, chastity before marriage, which we did not, we had to repent of, fidelity in marriage, which by God's grace we have, and to um, do what Job 31.1 says. He says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon someone lustfully but to have your desires, according to God's word, go toward your spouse. Like the model of a ministry leader is to be a one-woman man, says the husband of one wife in the New Testament. And what that means is your desires, your longings, your pursuit, they go just toward your spouse. If you will obey what God says, what happens, it literally re-hardwires the human brain. So there is a, a Christian biopsychologist his name is William Struthers. He wrote a book called Wired for Intimacy. And uh, what, he, what he discovered, and this is the latest brain science, it's quite fascinating. They say that um, there's a pleasure path. And so, you know, you venture down a path and there's pleasure at the end. Uh, this can be drugs, alcohol, sex, prayer, whatever it is, there's a path that leads to the pleasure. That path, uh, it becomes sort of deepened and widened through habituation, meaning the more you do it, think of going for a walk in the woods. Um, if you went for a hike, that'd be one thing. If you hike that same path every day for five years, pretty soon you'd have a well-worn path and your body would just sort of go along that path almost unconsciously, kind of like driving home. Have you ever driven home from work and you're, you don't even remember the drive? It's because you've made that drive so many times, you've sort of habituated your body down that path and it becomes second nature to you. And what he says is that the pleasure path and this building of a pathway in the brain, it literally, the pleasure literally hardwires a path in the brain. And they show that brain science, you actually alter your brain by who you have sex with and what you think of sexually. And uh, it talks about mirror neurons, and they say that sex and the intimacy that happens in the sexual activity, it affects the same part of the brain as heroin and cocaine. Have you ever seen somebody on heroin or cocaine? They're into it. <laughs> They're into it, okay? The point is, um, 
not to be into heroin or cocaine. That's the first point. The second point is if your desires and your pleasure pathway is just toward your spouse, you will be literally physiologically hardwired to desire and pursue them. And the more you're faithful to one another, the deeper that connection becomes and the deeper that pathway is formed. So if you've been into sexual sin or pornography or other things, the key is to stay off of those paths and no longer uh, build those neural pathways, but then to repent and to be faithful to your spouse and to build new neural pathways that continue to get strengthened through your intimacy together. They will call this uh, a chemical high or a biochemical love potion. And literally, if you will do what the Bible says, and that is don't look at everybody, don't lust after everybody, don't covet somebody you're not married to, and don't sleep around, be devoted to your spouse, then literally it will biophysically rehardwire the brain and connect you at the level of the brain. And the result will be as you are married, the longer you are together and the more you're intimate and the longer you build that faithful pathway, the longer you're married, the more pleasure you have through your sexual relationship. And the big lie in our culture is the more people you sleep with, the more pleasure you have. The truth is, the more you're faithful to one person, the deeper the connection goes and the more the habituation is reinforced. And so what the brain science is telling us is this, God was right. <laughs> that the couples who get married, stay married, fight against the lust of pornography and don't commit adultery, they have the highest marital satisfaction rates they have the highest frequency of sexual activity, and the wives statistically have the highest number of orgasms of anyone surveyed, okay? And so again, loving God with all, and your neighbor, which is your first neighbor's spouse, with all your heart emotionally, all your soul spiritually, and all your mind mentally, it then starts to habituate the pathway to loving one another uh, with your body physically. All right, Pastor Mark here. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Real Marriage Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you've not already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Let your friends and family know. And uh, if it ministers to you and you want to leave a five-star review, we'd sure encourage that. And uh, if you've got some good news you want to share with us how uh, this ministry is impacting and affecting your marriage, feel free to do so. Uh, we got this uh, recently, uh, a testimony. We were told, I've been listening to Marriage Today now for about five years. Great ministry. Uh, goes on to say, I love to listen to Jimmy and Karen Evans. We do too. Love them. Uh, Pastor Jimmy is one of our overseers. Uh, Dave and Ashley are also really great. And uh, now what an added bonus with Mark and Grace Driscoll. We're really glad to be part of the team. Uh, we are blessed to have these men and women share their life experiences and wisdom and God's word with us. Uh, take advantage of these free podcasts and you'll be blessed in your life and marriage. We'd love to hear from you. That's just one shout out. And if you'd like to find out more, go to exomarriage.com slash realmarriage. Or if you want all the Bible teaching from my wife, Grace, myself, and our daughter, Ashley, just head on over to realfaith.com.